When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Um, Jeremy Cameron's presence last night, absolutely profound. It must be one of the best individual games of the season. Love watching him play. And I know he does it differently. And the fact that he's six foot six and runs like a gazelle... Some people want him to play a key position. That's not how he plays. How he plays is what you saw last night. Get up the ground, play like a half-forward flanker. It's a little bit different. It's like, like watching Adam Goods play. They can play in the ruck, but they do it differently. They can play on a wing, but they do it differently. He will be an absolute steal. I know he cost three first-round picks that went up to GWS, and they got two second-rounders back. So, in, in effect, they cancel out some of that, that damage. This guy's a steal. If you look at any trade done in the last, that's cost minimum first round in the last five, six years, this will be the biggest bargain of all of them. Closely followed by probably Dion Prestia. And then you can can take your pick after that. What he does changes games. Everyone talks about that he kicks four goals in a win and one goal a loss. When he kicks four, you just win. That's what that means. There's no negative there. I think he's a unique player, and the Cats are going to enjoy the spoils of this for a long time. Kane? Uh, I love watching him play. Uh, He's just one of the great athletes. So 11 score involvements last night. He kicked six. Um, Yeah, they gave up a lot to get him, and that's what you admire about Geelong, that they have found a way to still be relevant. They're locked for top four. I said this last week. They've still got... Uh, North, I think, twice, or in fact, it's West Coast twice, then North, and they just finished top four, and largely on the back of what Hawkins and Cameron do. If one doesn't get you, the other does. And and I just, the way that they're starting to piece together the forward line. I mean, Stengel now, Kingy, we've spoken about him throughout the year, and I know you said he's in your All-Australian team during the week, and um, it wasn't a massive night for him last night, but Rowan adds something different, and he looks... A hungrier Gary Rowan, albeit he's never been a high-possession player. And then Dangerfield comes back in to give you that point of difference when he's hopefully fit and fresh. So all of a sudden, they've somehow pieced together a forward line that's um, it's going to be the envy of the rest of the competition. It's, it's probably the forward line you would take out of anyone in the game because of Hawkins and Cameron largely, but the way that they've been able to piece the puzzle around those two uh, superstars. So Cameron went through the 500 game thresh, uh, 500 goal threshold last night, mm. uh, and he. Pro- I don't think he's ever played better footy than he mm. than he has right now. He had one All Australian yeah, year. He had a big year where he kicked but, sixty plus. Yeah, it was a different plus, style of game plus. that he was playing that year. Uh, um, yeah, probably because he was the focal target. But the Giants orchestrated their whole game around him. Remember, they played that tsunami style, so he could get out the back mm. at speed. It wasn't the traditional full forward. It was a running back style full forward. 76 goals, 50 it was in 2019. Yeah, it's a lot of shots on goals. It's a huge right? year, isn't it? It's a huge he, year. He uh, kicked 62 in 2013 and they won one game. Well, that, 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 yeah, it's tough to beat. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but this, this team's not having to set up for Jeremy. That's the difference. He just yeah. comes in and he just plays his role 
and he's already slotted. What's he slotted? Thirty-eight goals or something? Thirty-nine uh, 38, goals. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. I mean, that's just that's wild cards you don't get. So this is what I talk about. What's the cost of a win? What's what's it actually worth? So people talk about trading draft picks and salary cap and all this. At the end of the day, you spend your ten or eleven million, whatever the salary cap is, and you've got your stack your list. This guy is a game changer. They're all the Geelong Football Club are teeing up to beat the top two or three in the comp. They're teeing up to beat Brisbane if they have to go to Brisbane and Melbourne at the MCG. This lineup with this power forward of centre gives them that opportunity. So why what what about the Western Bulldogs? And I know we'll get on to them, but their their lineup is stacked as well. I mean, what what a disappointment they've been this year. I mean, in terms of teams that have been disappointed, we've spoken a lot about Essendon and, and others this year. But they played in a grand final last year. They're they're almost winning a grand final at halftime, and and their performance this year has just been. Uh, perplexing, really. I mean, they lost to Adelaide a few weeks ago, and their wins having to come against the the real high quality teams. Look at their lineup last night. They probably had what would they have had six or seven out of the best, you know, ten on the ground in terms of talent that they're stacked with, particularly through the midfield. So, what what is it about the Bulldog King? Why why are they performing so inconsistently with the players that they've got and the talent at their disposal? Well. I watched the game closely last night. I went back and watched that first quarter again. They, they just allow you so many easy possessions and they have so many defensive breakdowns. Now those breakdowns can be at centre bounce. We saw it in the grand final last year where you, mm. the Demons ended up goal side and gone. And I reckon Geelong made a focus of hitting it forward last night, getting the momentum going the Geelong way and they stepped out the front regularly early, first three or four centre bounces. And then if you have a look at how Cameron got his goals... Alice Keith decides to leave him twice. And you go, well, why are you leaving him? He's charging down the wing line. It's, Geelong have got control of the ball. And all of a sudden, he's unopposed inside forward 50. And you say, how, how can you break down so badly? The Mitch Duncan chip across all alone, 30 metres from goal, standing in the hottest property in, in, in Marvel Stadium, 30 metres from goal in the corridor, four, four dogs defenders 20 metres to the right. And you say, not one of you turn your head. No one have a look and say, hey, he's yours, Sam. Go and get him. Jared, cover, cover. No, no one has the defensive organisation in them to look after the team. That's a problem. I don't care where you are on the, on the ladder. If you're top of the table and that's a problem, you ain't winning it. So you, you've got to get that sorted before you start. Are they in danger of missing the eight? When you have a look at it, so they've got the bye, then they've got GWS and Hawthorne after that. They're six and six, but then a crucial month. Brisbane away, Sydney away, St Kilda back here, Melbourne back here. Then they've got Geelong again at GMHBA Stadium and Fremantle at, at Marvel. So that is as tricky six-week stretch as you're likely to find. And if they slip up against one or both of GWS and Hawthorne, then they're really going to struggle to make it. There, there aren't. Their trouble is the way they're playing, and I was so disappointed with them last night, is they're not mm. guaranteed. They've got this weird draw where they've got Hawthorne mm. twice and the Giants twice, and now Geelong they had twice. Um, they're not certain to bank those four games against Hawthorne and the Giants before you even start the rest now. What, what theory are you running on them, Kane? Well, I think he's. I think Luke Beveridge has had a poor year. I think he's had a really poor year. Um, I, and it started early, didn't it? And what started in in the off season, there's some grumbles from from their players, and it it, it didn't feel like a, a unified group to me. Then um, the embarrassing situation a couple of times at his media conferences, which I I just don't get, and I, I'm not sure where his headspace is is at. 
uh, to go in with just English last night to drop to drop sweet English preparation hasn't been great. I know it was, it was terrific last week, but short break and preparation wasn't great. So you've got Karmas in the ruck. Um, to, to, I can't understand. Like I've got a lot of clips out of the first you know 15 minutes last night, allowing kicking goals. Um, you got the Williams miss spoil Bailey Dale trying to ping one through the middle of the ground when they're three goals down. Turnover, a couple of handball receives, one to Duncan and one to close. You know, just easy shots on goal. So their players aren't switched on. So I just think it's a big story that the teams that they've beaten this year. Yep, Sydney was a great win in round three, but they've beaten North. They've beaten Essendon, they've beaten Collingwood, and they've beaten the Gold Coast Suns. So I thought it was a big night for them. I thought it was a big night for both teams, and I, I just look, I'd love to have their list. I know there's some um, deficiencies at the bookends. I, I get that, but I would love to have the talent that they've got on their list that other teams don't. So only in the if middle, you are only in the middle, yeah, and half back Kingy, like their, their, their half backs are elite. They got a couple of little Australians back there. So and they got they got ten midfielders. Um, and and one of the game's best ruckmen. So, yeah, and 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 one of the game's best young key forwards. Is the injury so I'm list, not sure. It's just in the middle. Is the injury list a factor? Not an excuse, but a reason. And, and again, they're not on their own. But they've had Keith miss six weeks. English has missed some footy. We know Josh Bruce can't get back in there. Toby McLean's been out. Steph Martin's, but Lockie Hunter's uh, indefinite leave, of course. Latham Vandam is back. So they've had. They haven't had a clean run at it by any stretch of the imagination. No, yeah. exactly. They're not on mm. their own, but I'm just saying in the in the first part of the season, it probably wasn't as recognised at the Dogs as it has been at other clubs like Carlton and so, Essendon and such. I'll, I'll go where I've been for years, right? I get smashed for this opinion. I know Aaron Norton does it up forward, and it's amazing to watch him when he when he crumbs and kicks. He's not a, he's 10th in the competition for marks inside 50, and he's 4th in the competition for ground balls. right? To me, that's not your key forward. And, and I'll, I'll get bashed for this, and I'm happy to. Aaron Norton at centre-half back would be a phenomenon with Alex Keith behind him. You, you get a rigid full-back, you get a rigid centre-half back, and you've got those half-back flankers you talked about, Kane. You can build from the back through the midfield, and you can make do with your forward line. I think Melbourne don't prioritise their offence. They prioritise winning contest and defending. If you can get that right, and you've at least got two parts or two components of the field correct and sorted, Right now, they got Norton up forward, and if he has a bad night or an off night, you get not much from him. You get a goal last night. You lose it every time it goes forward for the Cats. They lost, the Dogs. So they're losing at both ends, and they've got a mix of talent. I would love to just see Norton, and I know they won't do it. It's not going to happen, right? But when you recruit a centre-half back that's an All-Australian caliber centre-half back, give him a chance to be an All-Australian. They haven't done that. How would it look now? And I, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but with the injuries that they've got now and the lack of progression, I guess, from Hugo Hagen and, and Darcy, who we wouldn't have expected to be making an impact yet. So in time, I think that theory is sound. But but right now, I mean, they played in a grand final last year. This is their this is their time yeah. now. How, how would it look last night with Norton at Sanaf back? But they have to do they have to do it in a different manner to to win games. They have to dominate uncontested possession. They have to win it. Fan, hang on, hang on, hang on, hands, hands, hands. And, and against good teams, the heat is strong. And you don't get pure, ex, in, pure entries inside 50. Mm-hmm. They will win a lot of games because they've got great talent. They will. They'll beat the Brumbies, the, the, the Scumpers, we call them, Jared. <laughs> They'll beat those teams. But when the heat comes on their back six, they are gone. So I think you either fix that problem or you don't. And when you don't, this is what happens. So they had identifiable issues coming into the year, looking to improve from runner-up to Premier. They they didn't do anything about it? They didn't do anything about 
down back and they knew they were going to be without Bruce for two-thirds of the season and they didn't do anything. Are they paying a price for that? I think they expected more from probably the Tim O'Brien acquisition, maybe an intercept marker. I think Keith's their intercept marker. I don't think he's the pillar, but that's the way they set up. Um, and they've they've probably expected more from Jamara. You know, Uga Hagen was probably probably going to be in this team and probably would have played a dozen games this year. Hasn't happened through him not being ready and in form, and in the end they had to make a call. He's, he's actually just not there yet. So it's Aaron Norton or bust. We said this in round one. You know, when he kicks one goal, you lose. Is there a better way of using that player so that you don't have to have him or bust? If it's not going to Aaron Norton, all of a sudden you've got to choose the best option as you go in. You've been there, Kane. When you don't have a dominant target in the forward line, you actually have to scan, and you become pretty exciting as a forward 50. Yeah, it's bold, and in time, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't know how how you could go into a game mm. with Stewart and De Koning and it's Buku Kamas and, what is it, Josh Dunkley and Marcus Bontempelli would, would be the only challenge to that. So, I mean, to... Th- I mean, there's been a lot spoken about. No, I'm, not just, lot. I'm not just talking about this game, though, Ken. I'm no, I understand. This year. Yeah, this year. So Josh Bruce back after the bye, Jared. Obviously, VFL, and it's a, it's a fair way back for him. But he'll be, he'll be out there soon. It, well, and that's a, it's the biggest if imaginable, isn't it? Mm. If he can get back and yeah. recapture what he has been and the dynamic in that forward line. Gee, they need him. But desperately. Yeah. Because they are... They're in a tooth and nail struggle for seventh and eighth now, and it's the flow-on effect. That I he thought brings. it was going to be better than that, but it's not. Mm. So where do you have? So let's stick with the Aaron Norton discussion, okay? So he gets his wingman back in in Bruce, and it looks a lot. It looks a lot better. But but, but where is Aaron Norton right now? And if I said to you, give me the ten best forwards in the competition right now, give me the ten best. Is he in your ten? Yeah, well, I think the. Is he in your ten? <laughs> I think the description of him as a Leviathan and a Goliath. Uh, that that's overestimating. That's overestimating what they get out of him. Kane, is he ahead of Max um, King? No, is he he's ahead not of Charlie ahead. Kerno? No, and he's he not ahead, ahead of the two last night. So there's four. But both, all, all of those guys have wingmen, don't they? If we continue Jared's uh, uh, maverick obsession for, for, for another day. They've all got wing. What, what Aaron Norton's being asked to do now, it, the others aren't being asked to do. No, but that's the point. That, that's the point. So, when so, Josh ma- Bruce so comes maximize back, that asset. So it? when Josh Bruce comes back, though, but he's he got to give we, him a we, month to get a well, run of at co- it. Of course, but he requires minding. He yeah. requires a key defender. And we're not expecting the well from Josh Bruce, but surely the flow-on effect from that, and we've seen it, is that Aaron Norton benefits, mm. surely. I think it's it's easier to replace a back, isn't it, Kingy? Like, if you've got a forward who is capable of kicking you 50 to 60, which he clearly is, you know, we've seen Himmelberg go back because he probably hasn't had success forward. And I think Himmelberg, and you've spoken about it during your calls, will, will be a success across halfback. I just think it's easier to find a Paddy McCartan or, or a someone to go back. It's not easy to find a forward who is capable of taking a contested mark inside 50, which is still the hardest skill in football. Yeah, and, and I, I, just, I just question how many he's taken. I'll just put that on the, on the, on the table. Yeah. If, if you're not top 10 in the comp, is it just your eye telling you lies? Mm. It's awesome when it works, but are you maximising all your assets would be my, my only question. How much trouble is Bailey Smith in for a headbutt? Fair bit of trouble, Jared. So it is in the table of classifiable offences, so headbutting or contact using the head as it's described by the AFL. So you roll it through the matrix. Clearly it's intentional, and then you have to ask the question whether it's medium or low force, and we know it was high. So it's at least a one-match ban, possibly two. 
If you go down the historical path, Will Schofield a couple of years ago, 2020, got a one-week uh, ban for a, a headbutt on Zach Butters that was intentional. It was low impact and high contact, and that got one week. So Michael Walters had one week, but that was overturned at the tribunal in, in 2019, and the vision wasn't great. So with this one, it's all there for everyone to see. The mark on the head of Zach Tui is there for everyone to see as yeah. well. So the, the Schofield one is incredibly relevant because it's absolutely minimum chips. Very small. He makes the, the slider. He certainly thrusts his head forward and is absolutely worthy of a week. Smith's left a mark on Tui. There was no mark on Butters. Oh, I think he's incredibly lucky if he gets a week, and I'm I'm not sure how you could run it through on on headbutting and land at low. Yeah. So if it's not meat, it, I mean, you run it through. So it's severe, and then it's all the way. It's uh, it's high, and then it's medium, and then it's low, and then obviously negligible. Yeah. So you, you're right. You run it up to severe, and then you come back. How do you get a severe headbutt? And you run all the way back. It's, it's going to be debated whether it's low or medium, but I think you're right. I think he'll be extremely lucky if he gets off low impact. It's such a poor action in the game. It is. It is. It was, and I could argue that it cost him the win because he wasn't the same player after that. And, uh, and you've been there before when the spotlight is on you and you completely go in your shell because he was awesome in the third quarter. Eight touches. Kingy, I'm not sure how many score involvements he would have had just in that third quarter alone, but I, I think it would be significant. That's what my eye would tell you. And then he was he was hardly excited in the last quarter, and he was he got them going like he, the run and carry through the middle of the ground. And he's I mean it wasn't his biggest night in terms of what he's done this year, but he was a shell of the player that he was um, in the third quarter in the last. Out of character too. I don't think it's the sort of yeah. thing we would associate no, well really with any weird. player, but especially with him. And um, um, Zach too, he wasn't completely blameless. There was a, there was a little bit going on there, but clearly Bailey's taken it a step forward. And, it, and when we did t- speak about Will Schofield earlier, it's a far more vigorous action than, than what Will Schofield did a couple uh, of years ago. Are there any mitigating circumstances with them both pulling in? Uh, I mean, mm. is, there, is there any, is there any, I don't know, is there any grey area there? Because I do think they were both ripping at each mm. other and, to me, that's not him. I don't see him as that sort of player. If it was, if it, if it was um, a natural-born killer, if it was Toby Green, we'd be saying something different. I, I don't see this in his game at all. Bit of red mist, wasn't it? I mean, it goes back to Reece Stanley clobbered someone high. I can't remember who it was. There was a bit of afters Liberatory, there, I think, was it? and they fly the flag, and then they fly the flag for their mate, and they fly the flag for their mate, and it sort of escalated relatively quickly. So, do you reckon he meant it? Do you think? Do you think it was a decision to headbutt him? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Do you, Jared? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gee whiz. Um, well, it can't be one then. If it's a decision to headbutt someone, no. It's, well, it can, it can be one. It, it should, because it, should it can be. run through the matrix. The this matrix. is it, it is a classifiable offence. So this this mm. actually re, re, is really important. It's not um, serious misconduct, which is open to everything. It is they have deliberately put headbutting into the table to deal with? Yeah. Well, if you're putting headbutting deliberately in there and, and you're starting at one, it's a low bar, isn't it? I mean, if you make a decision to headbutt, and, and you make a mark on someone's head, did you see it different? can't be one. Did you see it differently? I, I thought there were there was some tugging going on from both players, and I, and I don't think in my wildest dreams that he meant to do that. Okay. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.